Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. Um, Ethan and I just wanted to kind of talk about our time at the combined sections meeting that was this past February in San Antonio. Um, so, Ethan, I guess first thing I want to ask you, what was like your first impression? Yeah, first impression, I was pretty blown away. It was more than what I expected. Honestly, it was a enormous center and it really just made me realize how large this profession is and how I'm a very small fish in a large lake but at the same time I also feel like it's a small world and I was able to see people that I have messaged with before on Instagram and have just known of before and people who I've been following a long time too who I've always looked up to so I was just pretty enamored with the whole thing how about yourself Joey that is a great takeaway um and more of the same for me to be to be honest I was actually kind of overwhelmed when I first got there I um did not ex like I knew it would be big and um just a backstory to because like I was in food science before this and I'd been to conventions for food science, but CSN was just different and bigger and there was just a better buzz in the air. Um, so while overwhelming and while, while I was like trying to decipher everything, it was, it was all an enjoyable experience from the moment we got there to the moment we left. Um, I was definitely um, surprised at how many people I met. Um, people I had met online or through Ethan. Um, and I was so happy to make acquaintances with people in the profession. And really, really happy to kind of go into, or not go into, sorry, to, um, sorry, what is the word I'm looking for? To participate in these courses that interested me, you know? Yeah like that. And I want to get into your highs and lows or your highest high or, or the lowest part of the conference. What was some of the hard things and what was like the best thing? Man, the hardest thing for me, I felt like I did not have enough time to do everything I wanted to do, Yeah. which it was the same way at those food science conventions. Um, you know, you want to hit up the expo expo floor, but you also want to go check out this one class. But then there's another course that's across the convention center, or there's two that are at the same time, so I got to choose one. It's yeah, that was always tough. Um, but the highest high for me, um, I would definitely have to say the networking. Um, conventions real conventions like this allow me to really kind of let my social butterfly side just go crazy. So. That was an enjoyable experience for me. How about you? Yeah, I like that. And I'm on the same page as you, but a little bit different. It was like, I'd say the lowest low was really deciding on what lecture to go to or what to do. Because the very first morning... There was like, ooh, Adrian Lowe, or Adrian Lau, I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce his last name, paint science guy, he's big in paint science research. 
And I planned on going to his lecture, but I got there a little bit late, and so it was full. And then so I just had so many other choices to um, go for lecture, and I ended up just kind of walking around, and I was like one of the few people in the halls just kind of meandering because I, I couldn't make a decision. And so I was a little frustrated with myself for that, but that was something to learn from going forward to you know make a decision on something instead of just like meandering until you know the lectures are all already started and the high for me I would actually say going up going to it wasn't at the conference actually even though there's so many great things at the conference but going to the clinical athlete level up level up meetup at a um, bar and I was able to meet some friends uh, Julie and Zach Gabor and so many other cool people that I've looked up to and like Taylor Eckle I've followed her for a long time on Instagram she puts out really good content and you know there were some really high caliber people there at the conference and at the meetup and I was it was just awesome to get to get in some deep conversations with some people there outside of, you know, the surface stuff. So it was great to just dive in deep and, you know, chat with, you know, our, about our passions. And so that was probably my highest high. For sure. Yeah. And I was at that same uh, shindig for a little bit and I wish I stuck around a little longer, um, but I made a promise to someone that I meet up with them later and all that. But um, yeah, no, that was Definitely a heck of a takeaway, and um, that was like your first time at like a was that your first time at a major conference like that? Uh, I I've been to Texas ACSM, but that's that was so much smaller. Yeah, than it me. wasn't like nationwide, kind of like it was. Yeah, Texas ACM. It was pretty. I really liked it, but it was a lot different. It was, oh yeah, yeah. That was kind of the same with IFT. That's the food science, the uh, ACSM of food science, basically, and um. Yeah, like the amount of people I met from, it was like California, Mississippi, and things like that. And up here, it's no different, you know, all across Texas. Because um, it was held in San Antonio, I met quite a few uh, UTSA or St. Augustine students. So it was uh, folks from like Kansas City, California, uh, up north from Florida, like all over the place, man. Yeah, and that's kind of funny that you mentioned that, like people from California and just all around the nation, even up in the north. And that week in Texas, it was like one of the coldest, one of the colder weeks of winter. And it was around 28, super extremely windy the entire three, four days there. Like there, I heard people like, I thought Texas was warm. Yeah, <laughs> like, everyone, like, everyone was shocked. I think someone from, I want, it may have been Pennsylvania. It was somewhere up north or in the Midwest. They had said that it was actually colder in Texas than it was wherever they were from at the time. And I was shocked. <laughs> yeah. Thoroughly shocked. Um, what was um, one thing that surprised you about ACSM or throughout your time there? Something that surprised me. Kind of going back on how... I don't want to say this like in a self-deprecating way, but like a humble way, but just how small I am. 
in the grand scheme of things, you know, I'm, I'm one person and I think it gives me a good perspective, you know, and like the entire profession, you know, I kind of have these, um, dreams of grandeur of being someone who impacts the entire profession to every single person. And, you know, not that that's a bad thing, but I think I'm starting to realize it's more, one of the most powerful things is just person to person connection versus just, you know, influencing everyone, you know, it's, you, you can influence maybe one person instead. That's something I was kind of surprised about, you know, just the size of it. And I was just like a little piece of the profession too. Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of the beautiful thing about our, about our profession. If you think about it, like whether it be the 99 or the one that you impact, you know, you're still making a difference. And, yeah. um, even with that one, you can still impact the 99, you know, just by word of mouth or a butterfly effect. So, yeah, that's true. Um, how about yourself? Um, most surprising thing. Uh, so when I say surprising in this instance, it's like specifically surprising for me. So, um, most of the courses I went to were based on high intensity interval training and I just kind of went with no expectation. Um, it really just no, like I just saw high intensity interval training jumped on it and I, I was actually a little surprised at how much it was geared toward a home health huh. or, um, Populations I wasn't anticipating, um, like, I wouldn't say anticipating, but like I said, geared toward home health, geared toward the elderly, geared toward um, populations with like chronic diseases. And um, when I say that, I, I wasn't saying it in a sense of like I wasn't interested in it, but I just, it kind of caught my eye about how widespread specifically hit or generally even physical therapy can really impact um a lot of these populations you know like there is no shortage of things we can do for anyone and everyone and it just kind of blew my mind um and really made me appreciate deeply how much we can impact the world with what we can do yeah that's that's really true i like that so what was uh Something that you learned outside of that. Something that I learned, man. I need to go back and study my notes. This has been (laughs) a month and a half, and a lot has happened since then. Um, Yeah. Something I learned. um, I mean, this is going to be a very mundane takeaway, I'd say. But, I mean, you know, what, like, what we do doesn't have to be boring. Plain and simple. Um, Yeah. What um, the another one of the hit classes I went to was actually about incorporating music with the uh, elderly population, and um, you know I kind of got to thinking about it a little more. I mean, you think about the music that most of us listen to in like our twenties and thirties and what that. It's definitely a lot more upbeat, but um, this presentation in particular started throwing out like the jitterbug music or like the big band or swing music from that era. Hmm. And the ways you can incorporate exercise with that is pretty unique. And it was, we, this, uh, the, uh, lecture for that, I'll make sure to post it in the show notes. Um, like made us get up and like 
partake in this while that music was playing. And it was definitely like a workout. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and um, with the other hit course I went to, like they made sure to incorporate a lot more like functional things or fun activities that these individuals like doing despite the fact that they may be doing dialysis or chronically ill or something like that like it's everything about what i learned as far as hit made it a lot more engaging a lot more fun a lot more practical and i think that's going to be a heck of a thing to help people buy in yeah i was hearing you guys talk about how there's major benefits to exercising during dialysis is that right yes yeah during dialysis i was like whoa most like whenever i was in acute care it was like oh they're on dialysis uh we'll see it tomorrow you know yeah i think it's pretty cool to hear that you can have some huge benefits from that definitely adaptations yeah like um that was definitely like a bigger other takeaway of mine like the patients that we would think like oh we can't do like much with like for example undergoing dialysis like there's a bunch of benefits to doing exercise during dialysis, um, like reducing fatigue and almost min- like mitigating it entirely. Um, for just an example, I have to go back and look at the other benefits of it, but it just it blew me away too. Yeah. And what about you? What was your one thing you learned? Oh, there was a lot. There was more than one thing for sure. <laughs> but pick the best one. Ah, uh, it's tough, but. One thing I was just thinking about is we were actually in a lecture together and it was plyometrics for the shoulder, which I really liked a lot because sometimes plyometrics for the upper body stumps me. We got some good stuff there. But one thing that they mentioned in that lecture, you know, sometimes I feel there's memes about like physical therapists prescribing three sets of 10. It's like, oh, wow, this PT prescribes three sets of 10. He's so, um, he's, he's just like sucking a rut or whatever. But the funny thing is, is like there's actually solid evidence for three sets of 10. And they were showing like multiple studies that prescribed three sets of 10 had like more benefits than, you know, three sets of eight or uh, three sets of 12 and I don't remember exactly what the benefits were for but just goes to show that hey you can use three sets of 10 don't be afraid of using that you know just remember to all also think about your goal with that and since I can't just go off one thing I also have to talk a little bit about this uh, youth running lecture and bone stress injuries And one of the big things they talked about was how your bone gets bored of running. And so essentially we know that our bone can have some adaptation with running. But what they showed is like 95% of the adaptations happen within like 20 sessions of running. And after that, your bone's like, eh, meh, like whatever, like. I don't really feel the need to adapt anymore to get any stronger than that. And so maybe over time it can increase by 5%, but not much more than that. And so a big thing that they harped on was that that runners need to be doing other activities than running, especially youth. It's extremely beneficial to have your 
um, youth athlete doing multiple sports, not just specializing in one sport, huge benefits. Like if they do basketball and running, they decrease their bone stress injury by, I don't know, I think it was like 70% or something like that compared to just runners who specialize. So that's super interesting. And other thing, you know, we can also add resistance training, of course. So that's another way to cross train from running. Yeah, so so kind of like that same theory just for cross training in general. Just don't be a one-trick pony. Keep a mix, like have a good little something in the mix and things are bound to improve kind of deal. Yeah, yeah. Just add, you know, new adaptations, progressive lo- overload, of course. Yeah, I... I totally agree with that, and I'm glad you brought that up, especially because you're getting so much more into running now, so. Yeah. Oh, maybe I should talk a little bit about my recent expedition this past weekend. Go for it. Yeah, all right, we'll go for it. With I actually did a challenge called 4 by 4 by 48 The challenge started by David Goggins, and essentially every... Four hours, you run four miles for 48 hours. So I actually did that this weekend, totaling 48 miles. And I did it for a charity, for Sons of the Flag. And that charity actually is striving to elevate the field of burn care. And, you know, that holds personally uh, deep to me because I used to work with patients that had severe burns so I think that's pretty cool and you know we'll also put that uh, donation link in the bio uh, if you'd like to donate to that but yeah that was pretty wild I I woke up at um, 2 a.m. you know to get my four miles in and I I was just you know shot (laughs) uh, to say the least and you know, the first day on Friday, I did 20 miles, just spread out. And then Saturday, I ended up doing 24. And then I finished on Sunday with a nice four-mile walk because my body <laughs> was chafed. And it was – my heart rate was doing just fine, but my musculoskeletal system was worn out after Good. that. Good Lord, I bet. Yeah, because, I mean – Four miles in one day, I feel like you would need about the rest of the day to recover, but you got to keep going at it every four hours. Like, yep. I know you're, I know you were just gassed. Oh, yeah, but it was a great challenge to uh, kind of advance myself forward mentally towards my ultra marathon coming up in July, which will be a 38 mile run. But yeah, 38, heck yeah, <laughs> yes, sir. That is exciting. Yeah, yeah. I did not do anything cool like that. I'm the opposite of a runner, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean... So, uh, Joey, are you going to go to CSM in the future? Ab-so-freaking-lutely. Yes. Um, I'm hoping we can go next year some way, somehow. I know it's going to be in San Diego, but Ethan and I will be in the thick of our last rotation, which will be either Neuro or Peds. Um so I'm hoping we can at least get off for that somehow, or at least for a day, a day off of my rotation, I mean, and make our way over to the great state of California, which, have you ever been? I've been to California, yeah. Damn, must be the only person who hasn't. Anyway. Um, San Diego, that'd be so cool. I know. 
Isn't that where Drake and Josh was based? Probably. I hope I get to run into them. Anyway, um, all that aside, but no, I'm definitely looking forward to going in the future, and I'm even hoping to present research oh. at one point. Yeah. yeah. Whether it be our group or my other group, um, I would love to present whatever we got going. Heck yeah. I think uh, San Diego, that'd be amazing to take that opportunity, but, you know, if it doesn't work out, definitely be going to the next location. Yeah, which is and Boston? I think it's Boston, yeah. Yeah. Two yeah. cities I really want to go to, so. Yeah, that'll be a great opportunity. For sure. Um, yeah. Um, so, one thing I'd recommend for CSM is have some people that you know there or make friends <laughs> uh, definitely network and get to know people as much as you can even me being somewhat of a extrovert and being very open to talking to people sometimes it's hard to go up to people and talk to people and you just got to get out of your comfort zone and there was times where I did get out of my comfort zone and there was times where like all right you can do it Ethan and then like I just you know didn't talk to someone but um, you know, if I was there, I would like push you into the crowd, right? And <laughs> you talk. I'm sure you would have. <laughs> but yeah, just talking to people, like I'm just really thankful for each and every person that I struck up a conversation with. So that's kind of my suggestion. How about you, Joey? Do you have any advice for people who go to CSM in the future? Um, my advice. Couple, I got a couple pieces of advice, actually. Go in with a plot. Not a plan, but a plot. And a plot, to me, is just... It's a rough plan. Like, have an idea of what you want to see, where you want to go, and... That way, just leave yourself flexible. I mean, if you go to one thing, you don't feel like sticking around, bounce around. That's what these things are made for. Um, yeah. And then... Hit, don't be afraid to hit the actual floor and just wander around and just kind of take time to do what do whatever. Um, I've definitely experienced a lot of conference fatigue, um, and it's yep. a real thing, righty? <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Like you know, just being at the conference for three days, and I think it's you know we're all, we're on the whole time, and our brain is like just active. So I think that's a big thing. Yeah, between the educational aspect, the social aspect, the physical aspect, because you're on your feet all day. Um, which also reminds me, wear comfortable shoes. Um, yeah. You know, just definitely take the time to kind of like recharge where you can, um, things like that. And then kind of like Ethan said, socialize, socialize, socialize. Um, I'm definitely happy that I met everyone that I met. Um, and I wish, I wish, I wish I was able to meet more people in my time there. Um, but you know what? There's always next year and I know I'm going to see quite a few of the same faces and I'm excited to meet or catch up with them and meet even more. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, to go off your point about, you know, knowing what you want to see, I would highly recommend looking at the lectures and using the app that APTA has for the CSM and just at least favoriting the lectures that you want to go to because that can give you good options, you know, whenever it's time to make a decision. So, yeah. And... Even if you don't really see anything that just, like, absolutely stands out to you, I mean, maybe try and get outside of your comfort zone and just go to something you never thought you'd go to. Hmm. Might be surprised at what you can learn. Interesting. 
Yeah. And um, do you have any final closing thoughts to wrap this one up? Um, I wish I was back at ACSM. <laughs> I'll tell you that. At CSM? Yeah. Like, I definitely want to rewind it, do it again. And that's actually one question, bonus question. Um, if you can go back, rewind time, you're back at ACSM, day zero, what's one thing you would have done differently? Hmm. I think that I would have gotten there earlier, which, you know, it kind of was a cluster blank. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, you can't help the fact that you were dro- dro- about to drive through a nice storm. That's true. But it, it would have been nice to get there a little bit earlier because I was a little frazzled trying to find a place, a lecture to go to. Um, yeah. And also, I know, like, I had actually a lot of hesitancy about paying the fee to go to CSM, which is pretty hefty, um, as, especially as a physical therapist someday, but it's like 315 as a student, something like that. And I'm so glad that I paid for it. You know, it's like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to have money in the future, but it's like, you know, things, if, Things will work out. Um, you know, maybe, you know, I'm not a financial advisor, but <laughs> it's a, it's an investment that pays off. And it pays off in building excitement, networking, and hey, maybe even getting a future job. So I think that's some serious value right there. A future job that you love, I should add. Mm-hmm. Um, if I can do it all over again... I would have definitely gone in a little more organized. Like I kind of, I did a lot of things as I went, which that's typically how I function day to day, but some things I wish I didn't do that for. So definitely wish I was a little more organized in my approach with things. Um, and definitely wish I was able to network a little more. Um, like, like I said earlier, I think, um, yeah, when I went to that level up initiative, uh, hang out, stayed around for about 30 minutes to an hour, but I left eventually and I wish I'd actually hung around talked to them a lot more or like made plans with people I had met that day. Um, yeah, just to kind of get to know people in the profession and, you know, just be able to make friends and make mentors and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, cause you never know what it'll lead to. Yeah. Yep. And there's actually some people that I met that I want to have on the show. So they, those episodes will be coming soon. Indeed, indeed. Same here, actually. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We saw a few people that were that was on our podcast previously. Well, I know we saw Whitney Gibson. Yeah. Uh, she, the traveling PT. Or worldwide Wit. World, worldwide Wit. Say and that three times fast. <laughs> that was great to see her. But yeah. Yeah, and I know other people we other people we had on, like uh Usra, they were there as well. Oh yeah, um, Usra's there. I actually got to see Usra. Yeah. Empty car. She's uh episode, I believe, ten. I was so mad. I like we had walked past each other at one point and didn't realize it, and I was mad at myself. I was like, how did I that was my one like shy bubble moment. I didn't even run up and be like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna get in!" But 
Yeah. Um, and I know other people like we had on or we would like to have on were there. So, yeah. All right. Well, appreciate you guys so much for listening. As always, y'all are the best. And if you've been enjoying the show, that would mean a lot to us if you left a five-star review and a comment, you know, yeah. either Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or just shared this episode or another episode you found interesting with a friend. Yeah, and um, as always, don't be afraid to reach out. We both love talking, as hence why we have a podcast. Um, yeah, and we love to get to know our followers, and if you have any comments or suggestions or people you want to see on the show, let us know. Yeah, absolutely. Especially people you want to see on the show, but we also care about your feedback. But All right. Thanks so much. Till next time. Hasta luego.